Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast in which I'm glad to be joined by somebody who's going to talk about coffee which is sounds quite unusual because uh, we've had lots of people talking about different drinks but it's so pleasing when somebody actually is going to talk about coffee. So I'm going to introduce Robbie. Robbie Swale is a leadership coach, author and podcaster. So that's always a worry listeners as you know when you get a fellow podcaster you're going to get that critique, but whose work focuses on creativity, leading with honour and the craft of coaching. I love that phrase, the craft of coaching. I wish I'd have used that some time ago. Alongside his direct client work, he has run coaching and training and facilitation for organisations including Moonpig, the Royal Opera House, uh, Deutsche Bank, is that the right way of pronouncing it? Yeah. Uh, and the University of Edinburgh. Uh, he is the host of not just one, listeners, but two podcasts. The Coach's Journey podcast and the 12-Minute Method podcast, both of which, right down, right now, go and check it out when you've listened, of course, to this episode. He is the author also of the 12-Minute Method series of books, and there's two books that he sent the, the, the sort of drafts of, I suppose, or PDFs of, which include how to start when you're stuck and how to keep going when you want to give up and the one listeners that i found the most intriguing it was purely because of the title was how to start when you're stuck because so many times robbie i've looked at that blank piece of paper trying to write a blog article or trying to write an email and i'm just stuck because it's a blank sheet of paper and that book of how to start when you're in that position where you're really stuck was exceptional so welcome to today's podcast yeah thanks for having me simon and and i guess like i should say that that um i too have stared at the blank piece of paper and <laughs> both both the literal one and the metaphorical ones about yeah. business ideas and um, changes i wanted to make in my life and all that all those kinds of things where it feels like it's impossible and so i love in some ways, one of the most meaningful things for me is when people say, yeah. like, I came across this thing and it helped me get started because I know the power that that, that, that can have. So, yeah. yeah, thanks for thanks for taking a look at it. Yeah, and, it and it's interesting because I think for different people get stuck for different reasons. And, you know, one of the reasons I get stuck is because I see a blank sheet and I need input from other people to help kickstart that. I need some something even if it's a few words, just a little bit of inspiration, either by listening to something, reading something, or uh, you know, having somebody advise me, which is you know why I've always had a coach and got two coaches now, because they very often are that inspiration. But some people find that difficult, don't they? Because if you get that input, some people find that the reason that they get stuck, because they get the input and then they don't know which way to go because they don't know which input to take notice of. And it's interesting that different people get stuck because of different ways. And what might work for me to become unstuck is not necessarily the, the thing that's going to work for somebody else that's going to get unstuck, is it? 
Yeah, it's, it's absolutely right. And I think what it's probably useful to say is that I don't know if everyone, and you can definitely get better at this, and this is part of my story, mm. but there are enough stories about creative people, whether that's uh, writers or, or entrepreneurs or something different, who have the ways that they get stuck themselves. For me to suggest that pretty much everyone has ways that they get stuck. Yeah. So even though like sometimes this is a real relief to people, it certainly has been to me, um, it's probably worth saying like, we all often, like you say, we all get stuck in different ways or it feels different, but getting stuck is not a reason to not do the thing. The fact that you have a way that you get stuck is not a sign that you, Simon, shouldn't be writing a blog post. Correct. Um, it's just a thing that happens to you. Yeah. And, and we just need to find a way to work around it, go under it, over it, through it. Either, either Absolutely way. right. Yeah. Absolutely right. You, you mentioned something there, and we'll get onto the coffee in a minute, listeners, but uh, you mentioned something there about creativity and, and entrepreneurs. And very often, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, and I count myself as, as one of those, you know, my background is not creative. I'm the, as, about as far from creative as you can possibly imagine in the common sense of somebody who sees things and visualizes and writes, you know, good copy or pictures. But as an entrepreneur, I would challenge anybody listening to this who is an entrepreneur to listen to what Robbie said there, because an entrepreneur is a creative person, because otherwise you wouldn't be an entrepreneur. You have created something by being an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely right. Like, in a way, I think the stories can work both ways. You know, entrepreneurs often carry a story that they're not creative and mm. creative people often carry a story that they can't have a business and it was a big moment for me like I definitely was involved in more traditional creative things like at school you know um, in those kind of art subjects and it was really when I started to see what a creative outlet business could be that, that a lot of things shifted for me because I had yeah. this kind of story that, that it wasn't um, and then yeah exactly like you say you know in a way if we think about creativity in a kind of I don't know this is one of the ways that I think about it is you know it's just making something from nothing yeah, and 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 that can be um, it can be writing or painting or something like that, or it can be there's my life is like this, and I want it to look like that, or I think it could look like that, and I'm going to make that change happen. And it's but certainly creating something from nothing is here's a, a, a problem that needs solving, and I'm going to make a business from nothing. Probably starting with just me or me and my friend or me and my sister, and then we're gonna and then later like that's how all businesses started. They were nothing. And now some of them are Amazon and yeah, some yeah. of them are, you know, I don't know, Arsenal PLC or it's not PLC anymore, is it? But like those kind of big sports businesses, some of them are can I think your background was construction. It's like there wasn't yeah. a construction company and then there was and that's creative. And um, yeah. one of the things that I guess I've seen going back to the one of the ways I know they're connected is because people feel the same blocks to starting a business. Hmm. as they do um, starting a, a writing a book or asking somebody out, like there's something in common that those things have. And some of it is starting from nothing. And some of it is the courage that they need to yeah. actually go ahead and make the starts. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Let's talk about coffee then. So uh, today I'm, I'm drinking a slightly unusual one for me. So I've got a uh, house blend it's listeners it's my usual starbucks it's at my coffee pod machine downstairs but it's house blend and it's a lungo coffee so it's one of those pods that's designed to create a bit more taste in a 
sort of taller version of a, of a coffee because I've got it in my my usual flask here um, so I went for that purely because I drunk every other coffee today and thought I'd try something different there was nothing much more um, planned than that tell us a little bit about what you're drinking Robbie and why well um, it's different because of the time of day we're recording mm. so I am drinking a you know we have we don't have a We've got a pod machine as well, a, a Tassimo one. And so I've got a Kenko decaf is what I'm drinking now wow. out of that machine um, because it's the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, I was thinking about it. It's like, I, because of the name of the show, I wanted to make sure I was yeah. drinking coffee because I am I do love coffee in, in lots of ways. I'm not a super aficionado, but I, I you know, it, it's a big part of my life. Um, and, but I actually don't drink decaf that often um, because usually I'm just like, it's not the same. Because no. if you drink decaf directly after you've drunk a delicious caffeine-filled coffee, it's like it's terrible, you know. But but when you're not drinking it directly after that, um, then it's actually very lovely. It's okay, and yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm very much enjoying it. And I've got it in a nice like um, we got these. Yeah, you can see this. People who've got video, if they have, can see this. Is, this is a wedding present. We got this set of cups, um, handmade by, uh, I think handmade Ooh. by. Uh, somebody in Ireland who's a connection right. to a, a friend of ours or, or lives nearby. And so whenever I'm having, I'm having, uh, it's quite a small cup. So if I want like the biggest hit of caffeine possible, yeah. I don't use these cups, but when I'm having like a nice smaller, smaller cup, yeah, this yeah. is, this is where I go. Yeah. And it's, and it's quite a simple uh, cup for those that can't see it. So white with a gray base. Um, yeah. but it's beautifully but not quite cylindrical though. Like it's oh, like, you it could, it'd be hard to show it without spilling the coffee. Over my <laughs> yeah, computer. don't throw but the coffee out. It's me. like, it's like, it's definitely not machine. What do you call it? Spun or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I tell you what freaked me out the other day. I, I went to, um, yeah, you mentioned the university of Edinburgh. I was in the university of Lincoln the other day doing some, some mentoring with some of their startup businesses. And one of them said, would you like a coffee? I said, I'd love a coffee, please. And we usually go down to the cafe that's there, but we didn't. We had it from their office. And they made me this coffee in a square cup. <laughs> it completely freaked me out. I didn't know where to drink out of. I thought, this is going to be so embarrassing because I'm going to take a sip out of this square cup and it's just going to gush all down the front of me. Whether I drink it out of the corner, if I drink it on the middle of the flat bit. Oh, it was so difficult. It took How so much focus. I went for the flat edge. But I made a particular effort to get as much, and this is going to sound crude now, but as much lip and as mouth against the mug as I could because I did not want to make an idiot of myself and pour coffee yeah. all down my chest. So uh, I managed it, but it took a lot of concentration. I'll tell you, what completely it? freaked I'm me out. I've never really thought before about the, like, I don't know what you'd say, like the structural significance of a round cup. But actually it's pretty big. Yeah, um, like yeah. I was thinking about your square. I was like, I don't even know how. So well no. done. For didn't know where to getting... start. I just looked at it for about probably ten seconds, thinking, how do I tackle this? So listeners, the guys, probably messing with you. Like, yeah, you know, could have done. Probably gives oh. it, they give it to all the guests who go to that that yeah. that, that, that bit that of could have been it. Yeah, yeah, get the square mug out. Yeah, definitely. So you've given us an idea of of what you drink and and how you're drinking it, which is great. Uh, black. Has it got milk or cream or sugar? Tell us, tell us what's in the coffee. Is it just as it is, or have you got anything to it? Pretty much these days, always just as it comes. I used yeah. to think people who had black coffee were weird, 
because why wouldn't you add delicious milk of some kind to it, for example? <laughs> yeah. And then at some point, I think I was like in a, I can't remember if it was a finance budgeting phase or like a calorie budgeting phase, but I was thinking yep. about one or both of those and started having black coffee. And now I'd never go back. And I finally kind of understand it because um, what's it like? I, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, drinking, I don't really do this, but drinking whiskey, like real whiskey drinkers would, would laugh at people who are having whiskey with a mixer of some kind, because yeah. you're losing the whiskey the taste Coke. of it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, and it's this, I kind of get a bit of that now um, because yeah, you just get the, you get just the taste. Yeah. Like the, the coffee. And once yeah. you've got over, I guess it's also a bit like when people move from having sugar in their tea to having none or coffee, yeah. you know, it's like at first you can't imagine how you would ever do that because the tea tastes so weird without the sugar. And then after a while you can't, you take a sip of someone else's tea with sugar in it and you're like, what is this terrible, oh. disgusting, overly sweet thing? Yeah. So it's like, you just get, I just got used to the black coffee and yeah, I don't think I'll ever, I haven't quite gone as far as espressos yet which right. I would think is like the extension of that, right? It's just yeah, yeah. having the concentrated yeah, the coffee. Intensity. But, um, yeah, because I, I like to, I, I enjoy drinking coffee, so I like to spread it out. So I need yeah, yeah. some water in it. For yeah. That. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that most of the guests on here that do drink coffee, most of them haven't been connoisseurs of coffee mm. and very knowledgeable, uh, etc. other than the fact they know what they love. And yeah. even the tea drinkers, the water drinkers, at the end of the day, we do what it is that we love and that's that's what's the most important thing so i, I want to move on to the your, your own business and what you've been working on because you know you you obviously leadership coach author podcaster focusing on creativity leading with honor and i love the the phrase there the craft of of coaching what has been something significant or something that's been the latest thing that you've been working on in your own business or in yourself? Um, so in terms of projects, like this has been a year of publishing. Um, right. So the, in fact, by the time this episode comes out tomorrow, as we speak, the third book in the series is going to come out. Um, right. So by the time the episode comes out, I'm, it'll be there for people if they want it. It's called how to create the conditions for great work. Um, and so it's been that for me has been the project, one of the projects of the year has been these books, which were written uh, mm. quite a few years ago, were finished by uh, almost three years, just almost three years ago, they were basically finished. Yeah. Um, and, you know, perhaps for all the reasons we were talking about with the blank page, they are only just showing up this year. So that's been the real focus. But what that's done in my business is it's meant I've had to think like I've needed, I've quite liked, and it's been mostly wise for me to be working mostly by myself for the seven years or so that I've been coaching professionally. Yeah. But the publishing journey um, has been one of the things I've been working on this year has been, how do I grow the support that I have around me um, as a creator, as an entrepreneur yeah. to enable me to do more. And so that's been the, one of the other things that I've been working on. And um, one of my mentors, Robert Holden, he has this great phrase, uh, phrase dysfunctional independence, mm. um, which most of us have kind of functional independence that's important for a while. And then often it can become a little dysfunctional so that we need to think about collaboration in a new way to go to a new, what Robert would say, something like a every every new level of success needs a new level of partnership. And so that's I've been thinking about yeah. that a lot in the last year or so. So 
it's interesting because many people listening to this will be thinking that writing the books is where you might have you know got stuck more as you say blank sheet of paper um but i think people do underestimate the effort and the inputs into publishing all the different aspects that are involved and yes you know, you can go on amazon and they'll publish it for you and you give you know, your various rights away for that what have been the the lessons that you've learned i suppose through going through that publishing process of anybody that perhaps has a book inside them right now they're perhaps taking it to that that level where they're thinking about getting it out there any tips hacks tricks from the publishing side of things that you can share today yeah is i mean a couple of things that come up so one is um like whatever the struggles you have with uh writing you'll probably have those exact same struggles with publishing so for example my a lot of my the things that hold me back is some version of what people might call perfectionism something like that like the shadow side of loving excellence and striving for excellence is excellence is never finished and so I had that a bit with publishing. Like I could have definitely published them three years ago, but I was asking the question, what's the right way for these books to be published? And that's the kind of the, the hack, if you like, um, mm -hmm. is the, the question is not what is the right way to publish. The question is what is the right way to publish this project, um, yeah. this book? And the answers for that will be different depending on who you are, what success is for you for your book, um, and uh, yeah, what the book is. And like, one of the fascinating things is the industry, the publishing industry, has been enormously disrupted by Amazon um, and um, by the other similar people doing similar things. And it hasn't. None of it's really caught up. And our stories about publishing haven't really caught up with that. That was my experience, anyway. Yeah. So there is some education that you like. It used to be that if you wanted a book published, you just had to approach a publisher. They all basically did the same thing, um, and you would have to. Somebody would have to choose your book. And the wonderful thing is that's no longer the case. The gatekeepers are gone. You can have your book, like you say, online in minutes, yeah. as long as you've got a, a Word document of it and you're happy to have any cover that, that you want. Um, that's really great and wonderful. And it means that there's now a load of choice available to mm -hmm. you. And you can basically have people helping you doing anything from the whole thing in the traditional publishing sense, where you have to get yeah. through a set of hoops and then someone chooses you and they do it in lots of ways, or you can do it all yourself and everything in between. And that's both the gift and the challenge. Yeah. Um, so I guess the hack would be, it's not really a hack, is it? It's not going to speed things up, but it is be aware of that. And then really think about what success is for you in this and use that to help try and find the right way for you to publish this book. Yeah. And I suspect, for example, that if I do another book that's not in this series, so there'll be one more in this series, a series of four, um, I will use a different, I might well use a different way of publishing a future book because it'll be a different yeah. book and I'll be a different, different person, book. be a different time. Yeah. Yeah, different outcome. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've touched on something quite important there that the listeners will probably realise is that sometimes having one choice helps you move forward. If you get too much choice, as you just said, you've got the, the Amazon, you've got the publishing where you have to pitch and they have to decide whether they're going to give you a deal or not and everything in between. As you were saying that, that was paralysis for me. 
That would be like, yeah. I don't know where to go. And it's interesting you said there about collaboration and taking you know, the next level means the next level of partnerships. Um, it's It can be quite destructive to have that too much choice uh, available to you, isn't it? And I, I just want to sort of just park that for a minute. We might come back to that in a moment, but I'm always interested to know, and we were talking before the recording started about what makes a great podcast. And we talked about stories and, you know, you're a leadership coach, author and podcaster, but where did you get to that point from? What, what led you to that point? What's the backstory, if you like, behind becoming a, a leadership coach and the author? Yeah, well, they're, they're interlinked, of course, and I can probably do the coach one quickly and then the author mm. one will take a little bit longer. The coach one essentially was I used to work in arts and culture in the UK. So I was, and that was what I was interested in when I was right. growing up. And when at some point when, you know, I, I, I worked in leadership, leading small arts organizations in Yorkshire, where I was living at the time. I also grew up in Yorkshire, but this was a different part of Yorkshire. And I thought for a long time that I would end up doing that on a bigger scale, that that was where I was going. And then at some point, and I can't really remember why, I realized I didn't, that wasn't the right thing for me. I would, I, yeah. you know, just realized it would be a terrible thing if I ended up, for me, I wouldn't feel good if I ended up running the South Bank Center or, or Sheffield Theatres or something. Yeah. So what was I going to do instead? And that was a pretty, um, it was a period of paralysis there in, that, in terms of that choice and pretty stressful. Um, but I got through it and I got through it in, in a way that, in a way, planted the seeds for a lot of what has followed for me, which is that I found a really nice way to deal with that paralysis which is basically to, to take two things, take a frame of learning and then a kind of agile approach to career change, which I learned from a blog on the website Career Shifters. Yep. So it's like basically run a small low risk experiment, like get get the best guess you can get of where you might want to go. And I had something about people yep. then because that was what I'd like loved about my previous work, then run some low cost, low risk experiments to learn. And if you get a good feedback from those experiments, so it's like go to a counseling program, training mm -hmm. program, open evening. Good feedback, do the next lowest risk, lowest cost experiment in that direction. Okay, great. Keep doing that. And then counseling was a dead end for me. And in the end, I found coaching. I'd already written it off once, came back to it, and it felt like the right thing. Um, right. And I wanted something that would use my strengths, that mm. I would enjoy doing, that this took a lot of thinking to get to this. It wasn't as simple yeah, yeah. as it sounds, um, that, that would make a contribution in the way that I wanted to contribute. Um, and ideally that I would enjoy learning about and talking yeah. about outside of work that I'd, I'd lost that with the arts, actually, that was one of the, the trigger points. Yeah. And I think that for any coach or consultant that's listening to this, I think you've, you've hit on something really, really vital there. Um, it's not just, we think we're coaches because we want to contribute. We want to have an impact, but we have to enjoy it. And I know so many coaches that out there feeling they're making an impact but they're working with clients that they don't enjoy working with. They're doing things that they don't really enjoy getting their hands on. Uh, and at the end of the day, and it's not just for coaches, we, we should all make sure we have that balance of doing what we enjoy because that's what gets us up every morning, isn't it? Yeah, it's so critical to, to doing that and having that motivation. Yeah, and it also tends to be where the real magic happens. Yeah. Like people doing their absolute best work tends to be when they're really loving doing that thing and they could do it for hours, you know, without, 
without noticing the time passing by. And most people will have memories of that and, and times when days have just disappeared into something. And often those somethings that it disappears into one way or another create a lot of abundance or satisfaction or money, yeah. depending on what, what you're yeah. working on. Yeah. Um, the, the, the author thing it was a slightly different and is a slightly longer story, but, but it's, it's probably worth telling because it, it does, it, it both speaks to that, it speaks to all these things we've been talking about really. I'm a kind of accidental author. Um, I think I, I did some things that I needed to do for me and then accidentally um, had written some books. Right. Um, and essentially that started from, like I was starting out my coaching business and I really didn't enjoy, like I was actively anxious and stressed out by certain aspects of it. I was working with a coach at the time and a bunch of that seemed to coalesce around this thing that we called sharing myself. Yeah. So this would be like writing a blog and posting it would be a kind of full yeah. of resistance and procrastination and anxiety, but also like actually at that point, like making jokes on the, on Facebook or whatever would, I would have the same thing. I would like trying to write it and then get worried and delete it and maybe rewrite it a few times and then maybe post it and then anxiously worry that, you know, this was 2016. So Facebook was a yeah, bit yeah. weird in 2016 um, for yeah. people who are around social media, it was kind of a strange time. Um, but that was what it was like. And I really didn't enjoy that. And, and so we basically set out to create an experiment to see if I could get through that resistance. And what we came up with was, um, I quite like these short train journeys I had, um, from Clapham Junction, where I live in Southwest London into yeah. Waterloo. And, um, we felt like I, could, I just had some freedom in that time. So the, the game would be five times over the next two weeks. I was going in five times into London, write an article while the train was moving, stop when it stops, proofread right. it just once and post it on LinkedIn. And I chose LinkedIn because I thought no one really read LinkedIn, um, which was more true in 2016 than it is now. It's so still a bit Definitely. true. Now. Yeah. Um, and that was really important because it, it took a whole load of the pressure off all the reasons I didn't enjoy it. But it also got me through that thing we were talking about, about the blank page, because I had the timer going. Essentially, the timer was, at this point, the train's moving. If it approaches Vauxhall and I haven't written anything yet, that's the next stop, then I'm in a bit of trouble, because what am I going to have by the end of it? So I was just typing away on my phone. And what happened was I posted those articles. It was not fun. It was stressful. Um, mm -hmm. But it kind of, I knew that it was good for me. So there's that difference between, like, it's not necessarily fun or nice to... Um, go for a run on a cold morning. But when you yeah. get back in, you mostly have some sense that it was a good thing to do. And if we think about yeah. enjoyment, there's more of a sense of joy in it than there is of fun when you've done yeah. that kind of thing. And yeah. so then I decided it was good. I got some feedback. No one like laughed at me. No one told me my writing was terrible. And that was all what the fear was would tell me would happen. Um, and so I decided to keep it going and I made it a weekly practice. And essentially I've been doing that weekly practice for six years now. So I've written a post every week, pretty much, give or take holidays for six years. And at some point I stopped getting the train. And so I started setting a timer. And when I checked how long the train was, it was about 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. So now I set a 12 minute timer. Um, and I write while the time is going, stop when it stops, proofread it once and post it online. And the amazing wow. thing was, after three years, I realized I had 80,000 words written 12 minutes hmm. a week. And I was going to publish it in a book called I wrote this book in 12 minutes because I thought that was funny. Um, and then my, okay. my friend Steve said, um, the interesting thing about that title is he's an editor. He said, this is like collaboration, right? Getting some help. Yeah. He said, well, can the book do what the title does, which says I wrote a book in 12 minutes a week 
why aren't you doing your thing that you want to be doing and aren't doing your blank page, whether it's a business or a book, why aren't you doing it? And what was really amazing was it turned out that I actually could make that book, which became a series of books because we decided it would work better like that. Um, They had been about something. They'd been about that process, which totally makes sense because that was what I was stressing about and working on about myself over those three years. And it was what I was working on with all my clients because all coaching really is about, I want to do this thing how do I do it? Why am I not doing it? And how do I do Correct. it? And so that's yeah. what I've been in the whole time because I was writing just based on what am I interested in today? All of it was basically about that. And when I dealt it out, it dealt into these four sections, which two of which you've mentioned, how do yeah. we start? How do we keep going? How do we create the conditions for great work? And then the key one, which is the last one is going to be, how do we share the work that we've yeah. made? So it was an accidental writing, which is still yeah. absolutely crazy to me, really. And, and I, and, and I had can, a lot of judgment. I can see how that because... ties in with the titles now of a twelve-minute method series and the right. twelve-minute podcast. Is. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where that came from. Funny thing about that though, Simon is, um, the, the train from Gotham Junction to Waterloo is very rarely twelve minutes long. Um, a couple mm. of times a day is it timetabled to be that, and so it could easily have been the seven-minute or thirteen-minute <laughs> or fourteen-minute. It's totally arbitrary. So. Other people who, who use it, the 12 minute method, often it's not a 12 minute thing. It's like, actually, I'm going to do 20 minutes of writing or I'm going to spend an hour talking to my brother every week or yeah. whatever the thing is that someone's really been wanting to do. It's the method. Um, it, it's, it's just doing the thing for a small yeah. amount of time every week, which is so obvious that this is true, but I didn't really know it until I did, did it for three and then six years. But if you do something, a small amount every week for a long time, you can end up with something magical. Like if you write 12 minutes a week for three years, you can end up with 80,000 words. Wow. And I think you've, you've triggered one of my unstuck items as well, because that to me sounded like a challenge. So <laughs> I love a challenge. So if I've got to work to, okay, I've got to do that before I stop at the next station, then I've got to do that. Before. That becomes a challenge and that's what gets me unstuck. If I just see it, and I don't see anything challenging in it because, as you say, very often the joy isn't in the doing it. It's the joy in looking back and having the achievement. So turning that into a challenge, that's what I read into what you were talking about. Then I don't know about you listeners, but that works for me every single time. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to have to check that out. 12 minute method series. Yeah. Yeah. The, the challenge thing is so good, Simon. Like it's worth saying, just re-emphasizing that, I think, for people who are listening, because you know, for some people, like, if if the outcome is what will measure you, the outcome of the challenge, use that. If that's what will get you unstuck. Yeah. If, the, if the process, like, just, I'm going to forget about outcomes, I'm just going to do 12 minutes a week, and that's all is what will get you unstuck, do that. But the challenge yeah. thing, I use that a lot as well. In fact, it's partly why we're having this conversation. Because I set myself a challenge to, to, to have conversations like this, this year, yeah, aiming yeah. for it to, be, to appear on 100 podcasts. And what that does for me is it stops me procrastinating, gets me out of my own way, gets me creative and yeah. makes me ask for help, which yeah. is how we ended up having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I just think yeah. challenges are underrated and can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Have you come across uh, Ron's Vaz? No. Yeah. He's got something very similar uh, at the moment where he's doing some training on how to be a guest on 100 podcasts. So it's a yeah, common theme. It's a great thing to do. Uh, and I've only ever been the guest on two podcasts, by the way. So <laughs> um, I prefer being the other side of the mic. We, we've segued quite nicely into the 12-minute method process. And, of course, you've got your podcast and you've got your series of books. 
where we're going to send the listeners to today where they can reach out to you to either grab a copy of your books, your content, listen to the podcast. Tell us a little bit more about where you want the listeners to go to. Yeah, well, the place where everything is is my slightly, uh, what do you say, like, um, it's like organically grown website at robbyswale.com. So it's not necessarily the easiest web. I think if I was designing it from scratch, it would have different things front and center and that kind of thing. But it's got everything's there. Um, So I'd say go there first, but also just like, I, you know, trust your intuition. If you're a listener, you like listening, hit the 12 minute method podcast. If, if you want to read the books are on the podcasts everywhere, all the podcasting places, wherever people are listening to this, the books are are on Amazon. And if you're in the UK, they're on the Blackwell's website and the Waterstones website and things like that. So yeah, trust, trust your intuition really about where, where to go, but I'm at robbyswale.com and I'm on LinkedIn. And if people want to connect on LinkedIn, I love that. Just tell me who you are so that I don't think you're going to start yeah. selling something to and, me in two minutes and then maybe and, ignore and t- you. Tell Robbie that you listen to the podcast and that's why you reach out. Absolutely right. So yeah, just yeah. to make sure we get the right Robbie Swale, can you just spell out the name? And then we've obviously, we've yeah. got the LinkedIn and we've got the website as well. The good thing about my name is that I am the only one. There is a Robbie Ooh. Swales as well, but it's R-O-B-B-I-E-S-W-A-L-E.com. But if you Google something like Robbie Swale, you'll probably find me. Perfect, perfect. So listeners, you know where to go. And as always, podcast is such a great resource. Look at both the Coach's Journey podcast and the 12-Minute Method podcast as well. Search for those and uh, add them to your subscription list and, and uh, download them and listen to them. So... Robbie, you've given us some some good tips, uh, as as all our guests always do during the you know, the the process so far. But if you could give the listeners something to take away, something that they can do something with after they've listened to this podcast, what is it you want to share with them today? Yeah, well, it feels like the theme of this conversation is has been about inspiration mm. and about starting to me, and I think that I had this strange thing where I thought I was quoting there's a great book but called The War of Art by a guy called Stephen Pressfield and I had a quote from The War of Art in the front of how to start when you're stuck yeah I thought when I was publishing I better triple check that quote I couldn't find it anywhere in The War of Art I was like what is this and it turned out in the end when I dug into it it, I was quoting me not Stephen Pressfield (laughs) I'd I'd written an article about Stephen Pressfield a long time ago forgotten it and it was me but it was kind of paraphrasing Pressfield but the the thing that's at the start of the book is our inspiration is always around us and it's when we make a start that we let inspiration in. And so my mm. my invitation to people would be, if you've got a thing, and lots of us do, and I've had many of them over the years, if you've got a thing that you've been meaning to do for a long time, and you kind of, every now and again, it comes into your mind, you're like, why haven't I done that thing yet? Yeah. Find a small amount of time, ideally today, as, as people are listening to it, set a timer, you can do 12, you can do 30, you can do what you like. And just use that time to make a start with the thing and see what happens. And you'll probably feel resistance and you'll probably feel anxious. And that's okay because that's what it's like to make something that matters. Um, But once you've made the start, you'll have that feeling of courage and inspiration. And that's worth it. Yeah. And listeners, I completely echo that. And I've done that today. So I wanted to write a blog article. I haven't written one for a while and I've been using the excuse that my VA team has disbanded and I've got nobody to send it to. So I haven't done it. And I've had it on my list so many times, but having it on the list doesn't get it done. So today I decided I got one appointment and I got on an hour before the next appointment. So I got to get that podcast done. And I still found myself, listeners, 
looking at emails and do it. No, just turn everything off, spend some time, get it done before that. And sure enough, I managed to get it done before and get it off um, to somebody who can hopefully write it up for me. So yeah, absolutely. Love it. Good, good it. tip. So important. And uh, yeah, so start when you're stuck. Oh, sorry. How to start when you're stuck is one book and how to keep going when you want to give up is, is another book as well. So lots and lots of content listeners um, to take part in there. Final question then, Bobby. And I've got to ask this because of, of the author side of it. If you were going to have your next coffee from your Tassimo machine, of course, we're always open to sponsorship by all coffee pod makers. Um, but <laughs> shameless plug. But if, if you were going to have your next coffee reading one of your favourite business books, and I ask you to choose a business book because this is a business podcast, what would that business book be and where would you have the coffee? Mm. That's a really good question. You know, I love drinking coffee. I love drinking coffee and reading. When I sat down, you know, in the, mm. in the darkest parts of COVID, when I was in my hardest bit, I made a list of like, what are the things that I love doing? Then I was going to like, I'm going to do some of them because I don't know how else to be happier in this difficult time. And one of them was like sitting in the sun, reading, drinking coffee. So I'd, yeah. I'd love to I'd do it somewhere in the sun. It could be on our balcony here, could be um, other parts of the world where I'd love to do that. And what business book? Well, the one that comes to mind today um, is a book called The Meaning Revolution by Ooh, Fred Kaufman. Okay. Not had that uh, so Fred Kaufman, Fred Kaufman is a is an Argentinian consultant and author, but he, he's worked for Google and LinkedIn. He's based in the US. Was a professor at MIT. What I love about it, that book is the is the more accessible of the two of his books that I've read. And it's a very yeah. complete, very practical leadership book. Um, what I like about him is he's incredibly practical. So he'll he'll like guide you through frameworks to have hard conversations. But his work is also grounded in like deep Eastern wisdom. So it's like it feels like you're getting like all parts of me are getting spoken to by yeah, that yeah. book, and I guess the reason I part another part of the reason I've chosen it as well I as well as loving it is it's one where I feel like I could I've only actually read it once I feel like I could probably read it five times and still be getting more from it um, yeah. each time. So I love Kaufman's work, but and that's a that's a really good one. Yeah, and and I love a book that you can read and then study because there's a difference yeah. between reading and studying a book as well, isn't there? So Yeah, that's a great, it's a really great way of putting it. Yeah, I, I've read it, but I haven't studied it yet. So I'd love yeah. to have some time with yeah. a coffee to do that. Great. Well, you've, you've been an amazing guest, Robbie. Thank you for sharing so much. Listeners, you know where to go. You've got the book titles. They'll be in the show notes. Uh, the latest book will be in there uh, as well. And we'll make sure you get all the links. And robbyswale.com is where you need to go. Thank you for giving so much value. And for giving up your time today as well. I can see it's getting slightly dark at your end as it is on my end as the sun comes down here in the UK. Thank you so much for, for sharing everything you have today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much, Simon. And listeners, you've only got two things to do now. Number one, go out and do something with what Robbie has shared today. Whatever aspect, you've had so many things that you can take away, but go out and do something with it. And the second thing is, leave the review of the podcast Tell us what you learned, what you did, and the impact that it had. And that's how you can honour the time that he and I have given up uh, by recording this podcast and giving it to you. And of course, reach out to Robbie, connect, listen to his podcast, read his books. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, 
do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.